Hey there, welcome to the Sasha Sterling podcast, exploring all that is sacred. So glad you're here. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome back. This is Sasha Sterling with Exploring All That Is Sacred. And today on this episode, I have my most amazing biological sister, Darcy Meehan, founder of Claim Your Origin Story. Hey, Darcy. Hello, sister. Sister of my heart. Oh, sister of my heart. So Darcy and I are (laughs) Irish twins. We're 14 months apart. And I literally thought when my mom handed me Darcy that she gave birth to her like to her for me like that she was mine <laughs> like, literally, I, I, have, I have always just loved Darcy with uh like just the most all-consuming love and so I'm opening up today's conversation just with the assumption that this is going to be a series and Darcy will be on um often so today we're going to keep the conversation really around one of her zones of genius which is all around claiming your origin story. So in a previous version of myself, I was a business coach and Darcy personally helped dozens of clients. I don't know, it might've been more around going from fraud complex and insecure around who are they? Are they qualified? What stories to tell? Is this too much, too little? And she has a really intuitive and proven pathway to support you in really unpacking and crafting your story in a way that supports you foundationally with confidence and where you can just go take action and see immediate growth in your business because of how you're showing up in relationships, in speaking opportunities, on sales calls, etc. So Darcy, I'm going to pass it over to you. I'd love to hear from you directly around what Claim Your Origin Story is and anything else that you want to elaborate on on it. I fully volunteer to be on here as an ongoing series thing. Uh, The more we can connect the better. And um, thank you. Claim Your Origin Story is really, gosh, it's been such an, an initiation into embodying all that's true. Um, because the stories that we tell, and well, I'm going to say use we and I language. So like no assumption, if, if you're listening and this doesn't resonate, then it's going to be an interesting conversation, I'm sure. It, it's okay if it doesn't apply. But the stories we tell, I'm speaking as humans, the stories that we tell ourselves shape what, what we decide to believe in, invest in, embody, and then they also shape our future experiences. So claiming your origin story has really been an initiation for me, both in my personal and in my professional life to embody all that is true and see the complexity of my human experience and bring me from insecure, um, unsure, confused, indecisive, um, into much more confident, claiming where I'm qualified, um, opening up with curiosity and compassion to where I have more to learn and where I want to grow. And change the way I tell this, tell stories, not just to myself and in myself, but also to the world about my life. So it's really, it's, it's a personal process. Um, it, I've turned it into a method and an experience to bring people into more of who they are so they can get where they want to go, um, whether it's used personally or professionally. And really writing is so close to my heart. 
um, that weaving that in with the with the writing and reflecting storytelling process um, has been you know, has been kind of the the bow that brings it all together. Yeah, for sure. You've you've always had an affinity for writing, and you have your self published book of poetry. That how long ago was that that you self published? I was that already like twenty years ago. Oh my gosh, that's not quite almost, which is so wild. You mentioned that because someone asked if I'm a poet. I said, no. And because I've been so immersed in the claim your origin story world and, mm-hmm. uh, and just different parts of my, of my lived experiences, like mapping my milestones and whatnot, I recently remembered, I had forgotten and, and recently remembered that yes, the, the book of poetry unfiltered, um, was, probably 18 years ago and Sasha you took the photos like one of my some of the favorite photos of me are in there mm-hmm. um when you were in art school different mm-hmm. different phases of life documented so many phases of life yeah and you naturally write affirmations on post-its like if you go to Darcy's car or house it's like affirmations everywhere text message affirmations are constant and so you kind of hinted at it, but I love for you to expand more on it around the choice we have around how we tell our stories and which vantage point, which emotional vantage point we're choosing to look at our stories from and the impact that has. I mean, especially if we're assuming, you know, the person who's listening right now is growth oriented, visionary, either an entrepreneur or changing the world in their own special way. Like to me, that's a leader. And to maintain a sense of like that power in our leadership, having, having a, like, I don't even want to say a good attitude, but like resonating a certain emotional place is necessary to continue to take action. So what, how, you know, what are your take on that around the choice that we have around how we see our stories and if they empower us or disempower us? Gosh, I love talking about all of this. And I, and what you said about leadership is so key because every I see every single human as a potential leader and maybe already a private leader because the choices that are made on a daily basis, the choices I make for myself on a daily basis, put me in a leadership role with myself, with my, with my present self and with previous versions of myself that I'm walking around with rebuilding trust with all the time. (laughs) Um, And I've, for everybody, I have a background in counseling psychology. I, you know, geek out on um, personal development and that's really come from curiosity, but also a lot of pain. Um, A lot of my own struggles around addiction and recovery and, um, and uh, being caught in loops of telling myself stories that are no longer true or relevant or never were that led me down paths that I didn't actually want to be down. Um, so the leadership position, you know, and how stories and, and self-talk or conversations with other people are really woven into that really, it, it comes down to truth telling. Um, and learning how to speak truth to myself and to others has been a practice. Not because I come out the gate or out the door of my house ready to lie 
but because the world sets me up with a lot of conflicts to sift through and opposing um, opposing opinions and uh, conflicting standards. And uh, so really being rooted in or get or getting in touch with, before I can get rooted with, getting in touch with the truth about myself, how I feel, what I want, where I've been, how I identify, what I'm proud of. All of that sets me up to then lead by example, by saying yes or saying no, choosing the conversations that I'm going to have. And I know for many, that doesn't, that doesn't show up in everyday life to choose to change the stories we're telling or what we're talking about, because there's a lot of repeating habits. We get in, we get in loops. We show up at the same place every day for a lot of us. You know, that's not my life anymore, but I know a lot of people it is. You, you clock in and you clock out and you're on this rinse and repeat cycle. Um, but when one piece of, of, I think in images, so I'm thinking literally when we open a book and we read just one new line, we can evoke an entirely new story thread. We can create a brand new chapter based on looking at one part you know, of a sentence of an already written story. And the same is true about ourselves in, in practicing looking at ourselves in a specific way and being willing to look through a new lens and consider that maybe the way we've been looking at things isn't the full truth and we could discover more that could lead to a lot of possibility and maybe even pleasure. What are some of the patterns, the recurring patterns that you see and experience when someone comes to you? Let's say, you know, they, they're like, okay, I'm ready to really have like, feel confident in my story, know how to tell my story, <laughs> what parts of my story I'm going to tell to support my mission in the world. What are some common things that you hear like fears or obstacles in the process of going from all the different, right? The vastness of all the possibility, all the stories down to that complete concise timeline. Oh gosh, a hundred percent. There's so many common fears, um, fears and ideas. Uh, I'm not special enough. My story is not unique enough. Other people are already doing what I'm doing. Um, this is like logistics. I don't have enough time to, you know, to spend investing in myself to, you know, to write my life story. Um, I'm boring. You know, when I get more intimate with people, I get to hear and have heard so much. Like, I don't really like myself. People give me great feedback, but, you know, like, I don't really believe it. Um, So the lack of self-confidence and comparison with uh, how other people are sharing their gifts or or showing up in the world is, you know, is is a really significant one. There's also the, I'm not a good writer. I don't like writing. I hate trying to come up with captions for social media. People don't, you know, I jumble over my words. I don't know what to say. Um, But yeah, not liking the process or not liking, not liking themselves. 
because of comparison, because of looking at other people's captions or storylines or platforms instead of turning inward and looking at looking at the self. Um, the quote, he who looks outside dreams, he who look inside awakens. So by looking inside, one of my favorite quotes ever, looking inside, the world opens up. Um, and the fear of writing will fade away. And not liking, you know, oneself might subside because you'll see what else is true. It's like, well, I haven't liked that part. But look at what else I've done. Look at what I've moved through. Look at what I've survived. Look at how the world is reflecting success back to me in these ways. You know, it's really changing the perspective. But a lot about lack of self-confidence and lack of self-love, really. It's a big one, which I certainly have related to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I yeah. think just being human, right? Um, and especially, I mean, I, I have not mastered the psychology of men. I have immersed myself deeply, as you know, into, into understanding men and loving men and right, really having reverence. But I definitely, I definitely feel more connected to to women's experience. And that's a, it's a big one. The you know, I would, I'd love to go, go back to something you said around people give me great feedback, but I don't believe it. So you're, I don't know if everyone knows this, but Darcy's a trained therapist, past version, uh, right? Like, I don't know, you, you got your master's in psychology and did all 3000 hours. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. So I, yes. I went through the whole, I went through the whole process. I practiced as a therapist, yeah. um, you know, with my intern number and, was at the very, very, very tail end of licensing and decided to go a different route. But I've used it and I live it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, I love it. Um, yes. Yes. And so just to say, you know, you, you have um, both intuitive, but also um, training around understanding human psychology. And so what is that? That feels like numb to me, right? Like there's some just block to that. So what is that? What is that mechanism where people give me great feedback, but I don't believe it? Mm, that's a great question. Well, you and I were talking earlier, we had a whole like fun portion of the conversation before recording, which I knew was going to happen. And I'm like, I remember most of our conversations or I forget them then I remember and I'm delighted. So um, I'm sure we'll loop back. Um, the instant gratification, how much of the world today is about instant gratification, excessive feedback, um, high levels of attention being given, um, and, and that being associated with status, with love. Um, so the basic human needs, you know, their like need for love and attention, um, adventure, you've, you've reminded me of those over and over again. And they're so built into to being human that we all seek to have love and attention. And sometimes getting attention can actually have this opposing effect, effect like it creates contrast or, or reveals where there is this contrast or a wide gap between what we want and what we believe we're worthy of. So getting attention and getting positive feedback, like I've had so many clients say, like I myself have been in this situation, you know, and I hear it all over the place of, you know, 
people say they like me. They want me to create more, um, that I have incredible gifts, that I'm beautiful, that I'm desired. You know, the list goes on and on. But the gap is the the internal conversations that are that are happening. There's no foundation to hold that attention and that love from other people because it's so lacking on the inside. So getting it from the outside can feel almost like this adrenaline rush. You know, social media it is all the likes, all the things, all the replied emails, whatever the case is. But then there's this hollow echo chamber inside. And it really comes down to the foundation that's laid sometimes early in life, most of the time, and then reinforced or not around attachment, around self-concept, around identity. Because as kids, we rely on whoever's around us to tell us who we are. And then the rest of life is either about proving that right, proving that wrong, (laughs) wanting to change it, struggling to transform it. You know, like my grandmother, our our grandma said, Gma, she's like, like whoever said a lot of life is about learning is wrong. It's about unlearning. It's one of the more brilliant, prolific things she said at the very end of her life. Um, and I think it's very true. Um, I mean, I could talk about psychology for days, but it's if if I don't believe that I'm worthy of receiving what I want, then I'm going to be like a hungry gro- hungry ghost walking around, seeking as much as I can to fill what's so empty inside that can't be filled by what I'm seeking. It's like people who have drug addiction. It causes more pain, you know, long-term, but short-term, it creates some, some soothing, some numbing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people won't identify with that, but Mm -hmm. you know, instant gratification for sure. And a lot of people will resonate with that, you know, and yeah, the instant gratification piece is really wild. It's I used to, I I used to my older daughter who actually goes by Aurora. Oops, um, <laughs> publicly um, now. But we were talking in the car today, and she was talking about her experience as an eighth grader with social media and the bullying channels and her strategies for life. And it's just fascinating. And she said, "So, how did you maneuver this, mom?" I said, we didn't have social media, hun. She's like, what? (laughs) You didn't have social media? I said, no, I didn't have the cell phone until I was 16. And it was those old Nokia ones. Remember those? The like. Yes. Mine was light blue that had a cherries on it. It was after the flip phone, flip phone style. Exactly. Mine was hot pink. It was, it was great. I had the best phone number too. I regret giving up that phone number. It was such a good number. Um, but anyway, yeah, like the just the what the our current exposure is on a daily basis is a lot to take in, a lot of information. So I'm so glad you brought in the piece of instant gratification because it is something that I'm really personally working on as well. And even like the instant gratification piece around indulging in telling the same story, you know, bringing it back to, to our topic around for myself, I'll use myself as an example. When I noticed myself telling a story that made me feel really bad again, a couple weeks ago, and it, it was almost like an out of body experience happened. And my higher self or a future self really just slowed it down and said, are you tired of like, is this enough? Like, are you, 
is are you, do you want to keep telling this story? Do you really want to keep reinforcing mm-hmm. this feeling? Because this other feeling, this other life is available for you. And this has been years in the making. And so I do feel like there's an authentic new story that has been emerging. And, but it's like, I couldn't have rushed the process. It's like, there was a, there was a need to keep telling the story. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, I don't need to tell the story anymore. I actually don't. There's some, it's already integrated or I already got it. So you help people with this around like patience with the stories that want to be told or shifting stories or what do you call it? Something around timelines. Do you want to expand into that? Yeah. So what you just said is so important. And this is like one of the things that we get into and both in the course, um, the claim your origin story course, and also in the one-on-one process, which is what, what, you know, has, has happened for years now much thanks to you, you inviting me forward into embodying how I help people transform perspective and create language and um, all of that. I'm endlessly grateful for that with, for you for that. Um, And then turning it into a course so you can do it yourself. This is one, what you just described is one of the things that we do. We go from sacred witnessing, getting present, exploring the stories we're telling ourselves, looking back, And then asking, what else wants to be said? What were some of the milestone moments that have shaped me? Whether they were big, you know, air quote, big timeline, you know, or more internal, like big timeline, I mean, like having a baby or, you know, moving four times in a year or a death or things that just stand out. You're like, I just remember the moment. I remember the date. I remember the time. But what you just shared is, equally impactful and maybe even more so for some of the people that you're speaking to and serving and creating for in this next phase of your life, professionally, personally. I mean, it's all braided together, but let's talk professionally. By creating space and being with the process of getting present, being a sacred witness to yourself, exploring your stories, being guided with method to do that, because it really is um, it's intimate, you know, and getting intimate, having a, having a trustworthy space and guide can be, you know, instrumental. That memory could surface of, oh my gosh. And then this happened. The story that I was telling over and over and over again, suddenly started changing and I decided to change. I allowed it to transform. And then I watched my life go down a completely different path. Because this internal shift happened. And then we'd look at, well, what what happened before that internal shift? What prompted that? What was going on? You know, it's like opening up the conversation to expand the timeline. By looking back, we re-enter the experiences, expand the timeline, document. It's like taking a mental snapshot, but we do it through conversation, capturing it. And then you're able to convert that into communicating with yourself differently and communicating with others and have content. You could create an entire course, an entire podcast series, an entire, you know, chapter of your memoir from that, from that story, from that memory that might otherwise go completely unremembered, forgotten, untapped, 
walk around with you for the rest of your life. But by looking back and by looking back, you can lean forward and start leading yourself forward differently. And so like I've talked with you, Sash, about like jumping timelines that looking back can actually be really harmful if the perspective that's, you know, if like if I look back at certain parts of my life from the same perspective that I had when I was going through that experience, I'm probably not going to learn very much. I'm going to get more frustrated, feel less empowered, really just feel like an asshole, you know, not like myself and continue trudging the same way I was then. Now I think about different parts of my life that you've been a guide and witness through, um, whether you wanted to or not, that were just so challenging. But by looking at the, looking back at them now, with the commitment to be curious, to even be willing to have compassion and see things differently, I've gleaned so much wisdom and I've leveraged those lessons in completely, completely important ways that it would be impossible to do if I was looking back at, let's say, six years ago, 10 years ago, 18 years ago, from the same perspective I had then. So why I'm saying that, part of it is that looking back can be really scary and it, become, it can also become really exciting when there's a safe space, when there's a structure and where there's support to transform the stories that are being told and a willingness to get intimate and to actually change and transform by looking back. Um, and this is also key in leadership because most leaders have been through really fucking hard stuff. And that's why people trust them to lead because they have some scars, whether they've covered them up with plastic surgery or not, right? Like whether they prettied up really nicely. Mm. People, tr- people trust us when we talk about what we've survived from a place of self-respect and sovereignty. And that requires some, some inner work to do, to be sovereign versus staying in victim. And that also cannot be rushed because healing takes time. And claiming your origin story is as much about healing from inside out as it is about writing kick-ass copy. And some people will not access the inner healing unless they're motivated by something tangible for their business. And this gives you both. Amen. It's not for the faint of heart, but it's, a woman. it's, it's actually pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a mic drop culmination um, of the conversation. So I'm going to let that reverberate there. Um, so powerful. So, so powerful. Yeah. Wow. So if you are feeling resonant with Darcy and this conversation and want to look at, you know, explore her work, you can go to claimyouroriginstory.com. There's also links in the notes, wherever you're listening to this, she's got a really cool new free soulful, successful business checklist. Definitely recommend that you can check out all of her other offerings on her website and follow her on Instagram. Is there anything that you'd like to share Darcy before we wrap up today? Hmm. Well, it's just such a complete honor to be here with you. 
exploring all that's sacred and yeah just that I want to say if you're listening to this and you feel intimidated or insecure it's totally okay it's just totally okay to be right where you are and whatever's happening in this moment and maybe there's a lot of enthusiasm maybe there's a lot right again the complexity of being human Whatever's happening in this moment has information and insight to share. And by getting present, you may just become a magnet for everything that you're wanting. And in this community that Sasha's building in like this, you know, posse that we have, I guess it's built in family, but also family of choice. um, There's just so much support to come as you are and to change as you will. So I'm thrilled to be having conversations that really matter about things that um, that add value to the world. Oh my gosh. I'm going to call you after this and just ask if I can use that as part of our tagline. Come as you are, change as you will. <laughs> I'll go for it. As you will. It's <laughs> so, on. so good. And that's so true. And that's something that has frustrated me with other communities was where I felt like I couldn't bring all of myself. Parts were too much. Parts were... Too little. And that's something that I would say are posse, you know, the people that I tend to attract and gather are, there's just nowhere we're unwilling to go. And it's not that we'll tolerate poor behavior, but there's not like um, this compartmentalizing or masks. Like it's a really, there is a deep desire to connect on the most authentic level and curiosity and and interest in how each of us grow, evolve, change, stay the same. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate you, Darcy. Me too, Sash. All right. And thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed this, please follow this podcast and share it with a friend. All right. See you on the next one. Bye.